Good evening, everyone. It is Draft for Upside. I am finally back. It is uh, week three, way too early preview. What we used to call what? First sip? I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know, but this beer did not pop properly, and so this is off to a disastrous start. I'm Johnny Danger, of course, with me, Brewery Mark, and Mr. Emmerich. How are you guys? Great. I'm doing good. I think I'm going to change my handle, though. Um, I've, I've developed a, a, a name, and I'm going to I'm going to put it in here. I think that's a good idea. I am uh, excited for the new Star Wars show that launched today. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm eagerly awaiting it from Jabba's Palace here shortly. I went to fly my Rebel Alliance flag, and um, Katie took down my flagpole holder thing, man. And I'm just, I'm just bummed. Mark, are you excited for this show? Or are you just, you know, Mark, I want, I want a show? Rebel Alliance flag, is what I want. Right? Did you see my flag? Yeah, I did. It's a very nice flag. Yeah, I'm super stoked for this show, and I'm, I'm glad from what I read that they uh, released the first three episodes because I guess the the first two are um, all set up, so the third one's where it really gets good. I dig it, man. I'm going to watch it when we're done talking football today. So uh, you just changed your name to the Hierarchy, Chris. Ex- explain this. The Hierarchy? Yeah, Hierarchy. That's fine. Hierarchy. Uh, well, the Hierarchy is like, look, dude, there's just there there are, there are levels to this, man. And, and sometimes the Hierarchy is out there to get you, you know, and you can't you can't mess with the Hierarchy. No, you don't. You don't mess with the Hierarchy. Um, you know what else you don't mess with? Hmm. Amon Ra St. Brown's production. I'm going to admit I was wrong, and I'm going to get on board, which means he'll probably fall flat on his face in week three against Minnesota. <laughs> well, I mean, he had a, you know, a career game. You're not going to – I doubt you'll see many of them again. But, um I mean, he set a couple of records. He tied the record for eight straight games with eight straight mm-hmm. with eight catches and um, six straight games with a touchdown. So that's that's well. Nice. And over the first two weeks of the season. Now, look, it's only two weeks. Come on. It's only two weeks. But Minnesota also has given up the second most receptions to actual wide receivers. Are we excited about this game? Is this going to be a trap game, Chris? No, I mean, I don't think so. I, I, I think the you know, the excitement is justified on this. It's one of the highest totals on the board. Uh, this is a game I might even actually go slightly overlooked because I don't think it's the first place people want to go. But I, by that, I mean, it's probably like the second or third place that most people want to go. But um, well, Lions yeah. are hype for sure. But, you know, I think actually Cousins playing like crap last week will help maybe move some eyes off that side. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a couple of breakdowns of a couple of the interceptions, and you know they weren't all on him. Uh, right. but there was one where like it was Jefferson in the end zone, and Jefferson continued with a route instead of breaking over like he should have. And had he broke over where he should have, that's where you know the defensive back was. Mm-hmm. So can't put it all on Kirk, but like I, I think we knew that primetime Kirk was going to come out and play, and uh, he sure did. But this is not a primetime game. This is against Detroit. Detroit's defense has shown nothing besides two quarters. And uh, Minnesota's favored by six. It's one o'clock. Minnesota home game. Uh, I, th- this has blowout written all, or not blowout, but like blow up potential mm-hmm. written all over it. And I think that's going to be the case with these two teams. 
as long as their offenses are clicking, which both of them are, and their defenses are not, like you're always going to get these situations with these teams. And this predates this year for Minnesota, but it's a very new thing for Detroit. Yeah, I think this is your classic uh, bounce back game for Minnesota. So I, I'm looking to stack a lot of this game. So the Lions have given up a lot of yards. Um, they're giving up like the most in the NFL, running back looks in the red zone and running back touchdowns in the red zone. Um, it's been an off two weeks for running backs. I mean, the justification of zero RB in seasonal football is there. I think there's only five running backs in the top 25 of positional players scoring so far this year. Um, paying up for running back has not worked, but are you going right back to the well with Dalvin Cook? I think that you can. I mean, I think there are lots of parts of this offense that are going to be overlooked. I mean, obviously, Adam Thielen was uh, invisible for a good part of that game with almost no targets. You've got to think that he bounces back at some point. He's going to be very touchdown dependent. But to your question, I mean, Dalvin Cook, I think, ran like 17 routes. He was on the field for 88% of the snaps. Uh, He's super expensive, though. I mean, even for Dalvin Cook, like this is not a guy that – I don't know, blows up all that often. His range of outcomes is, is I mean, he doesn't have a huge huge ceiling, I guess is what I'm saying, that he hits often. I mean, we've seen a couple of these 20, 24-point games. But outside of that, there, there's very few that are in that, like, 29 to 30 range. It happens, just not very frequently. I'm, I'm counting, what, like five or six. You have to go back into 2020 before you start seeing them a little bit more often. Last year, not so much. Obviously, we know the story this year. So it's hard-pressed. Are they going to pull it off, Mark? You're the biggest Lions homer I know. Oh, the Lions? No, no. I think Minnesota's going to take this. Um, When we talked preseason, I picked Minnesota to win the division and Lions to come in second. So I, I think... This is a game, if it was in Detroit, they might have a chance, but I think on the road in Minnesota, Minnesota's going to win this game. I am curious just to see what kind of ownership you see on Dalvin Cook um, and what the what the consensus is. Again, he's expensive. He hasn't shown much, but, man, against Detroit, like it's just a, such a sweet spot, right? Yeah. I'm just kind of flipping through some odd stuff stuff here i mean obviously both teams are giving up huge amounts of points um both teams have been crazy in the fourth quarter i don't typically play a lot of lions um but i might change my tune this week although um man those guys are dropping balls i mean specifically dj chark is dropping balls yep he's got the drop skis He's got the drop skis. I mean, he always has. Um, I don't know. You've always had this kind of weird affinity for him, Danger. He's tall. Like you. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know. I think I think you you drafted him on a seasonal team. He had a good week one, like with Gardner Minshew a couple of years ago, and then since then you've just you, right. you like a junkie chasing a high. True. You've continued to try and manifest this DJ Chark thing. And the problem is that there have been people that enabled you. And I, I I've tried to get you into rehab. <laughs> I've tried to get you away from this. Uh, but he, he's, he's fucked up enough. He's my Michael enough. Gallup, but not, you know, talented. Yeah, but look, here's the thing, man. Like, so, I, you know, like Jason Braddock and all these other guys have tried to, like, 
enable you. They, they've brought you the stuff and they've, <laughs> they've allowed you to get high on this. And I've tried to get you into rehab and, and get you clean. And then, you know what? I just broke down last week and I started doing DJ Shark lines with you. Okay. And <laughs> look, it didn't end up good. I woke up. There's no money in my wallet. I like, closed her off. I was in an alley. That was uh, bad. I, I might go back to it though. Like I'm, right. I've got the, I've I think got the withdrawal should. going. Personally, so, I think you should. Um, but I think if you are stacking this game and that is the way that you want to attack mm -hmm. it, I, I, you'd be hard pressed not to play him in a couple of stacks. For uh, sure. Same thing with like Josh Reynolds and KJ Osborne. Those are other guys that. Yeah. And I think you have, have to play it. Jamal Williams, man. I mean, the guy looks good and he's getting used. And it's Swift. Super touchdown dependent. Though. He yeah. is, but like Swift also likes to miss huge chunks of games getting banged up. And if that happens, whoo, whoo, baby. Yeah, but the problem with Jamal Williams is not like that he's not a good player. It's just he doesn't see the field nearly enough. We're talking 20 snaps, 21 and 23 the last two uh, mm -hmm. weeks. That's with some injury concern. Um, he's just not going to get the 100-yard bonus. You really need him to get in the end zone, and he's already hit that, like, two-touchdown game that uh, I, I just don't see it happening again. So I, I don't know. That's that's a little bit too deep for me. That's a little time-traveler shit uh, I'm not going to get into. So, <laughs> All right, well, you brought up Jason Braddock. I did the Houston football report with him last night. Um, if you watched, it was a great show. And um, let's go to the Houston Texans taking on the Chicago Bears. They stay here in the NFC North. Um, this is probably a game I don't play anything in except for maybe Monty. Um, I, I'm done with Chicago's past players. I mean, I'm, I'm done with it. Um, these are two of the slowest teams, the least amount of plays teams, the lowest scoring teams. Um, but here's the deal. I'm in on Monty though. All right. Um, he's averaging 95 yards a game, uh, for like the last two seasons. And the Texans are averaging, giving up 170 all purpose yards to running backs per game. I think Monty's a must-play this week for me. What's his price? Like fifty-nine hundred. I mean, must-play is really strong language coming out of you. Um, I don't right? think he's a must-play. <laughs> I think you can glance at him, but like, I, I think the problem, and it felt like you were going to ask about this game, yep. and we were just going to move right past it, is yep. that there's just not enough scoring that's going to be involved in this game that I really want to, you know, grab any more than one piece. Maybe it's Monty. Maybe it's on the other side, uh, Damian Pierce at yep. 5,000. 5,000. Um, Stack mean, them both. That's some cheap running back equity right there. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks, Darnell Mooney, maybe one of these guys, but that's it. Yeah. Like, I don't want any further than pulling one guy. There's another my, game on the slate that guy. we're going to talk to or talk about that I think the offense feels the same way. Like, you just can never really pull more than one piece. And, like, I don't know, man, like a 40 over under, I'm, I'm, I'm out in this game. Anything to add there, Mr. Mark? No, I'm completely off this game. I don't see myself rostering any players from either team. I, you know, I'm going to take that back. I think Brandon Cooks at 5,800, getting 10 targets last week, 12 targets the week before. Only catching four balls last week is kind of the concerning part, but he's not typically a 40% catch rate kind of guy. So, you know, if you bump that up to like a 70%, which is kind of like league average for his level of play. And you put that, at, I, I mean, that's 14 points. He's at 5,800. If he gets any more than that, I, I think you're okay. So Brandon Cooks is somebody you can consider at that 5,800 range. It's a good price. All right, let's go on and uh, get off the low-scoring game and go back to something that might have a little bit more fireworks. How about we jump over to the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills? 
Uh, is this going to be over-owned after Tua's incredible game last week? Oh, yeah. I, that's, this is going to be over-owned on both sides. You're going to have... You're going to have a ton of uh, Buffalo stacks, a ton of Miami stacks. Um, this, and, and deservedly so, this this will be the most highly owned game in DFS this weekend. But one of the problems is I was actually experimenting with it today. Is it's it's very hard to stack a lot of these players. They're the prices are up there, and especially on Buffalo's side, you know. So it's going to be interesting builds, but I think it's going to be super chalky. So is it just too cute to just go build like Singletary and pull him out of this game and just play him? Is that too cute? Yeah, I don't know if that's that's where I want to go. I mean, he looked like he had a pretty nice control of the backfield in the first game, but that was as a result of some fumbles and some misplays by the other guys, and it just didn't seem like that uh, against Tennessee, but uh, just kind of hard to even – you know, gather anything from that game, right? Like they were just so far out in front that like they didn't even play the fourth quarter. Like, so I don't know. Um, I think Jalen Waddle is my favorite play here. Hmm. Yeah, you get a good discount from uh, Tyreek Hill and it actually allows you to, if you want to do a mini stack on Buffalo side and run back Waddle, you, you yeah. can make it work. Well, and Waddle is their red zone guy. I mean, Hill's the 20 to 20. Waddle's the guy down down low. So I, I like Waddle. Well, it's a little bit of both. I saw a breakdown, and, and somebody kind of explained this and made it make sense, is that you know one of the things that the Dolphins are doing is they're running like five wide receiver sets, but with 21 personnel. So you know they have like two tight ends running back, and when those guys get out on the field, the defense has to respond to it. They haven't lined up yet, so they're going to run their you know the bigger package with more linebackers. And then what ends up happening is that you know Waddle and Tyreek then just have absolutely just these huge gaps because they can beat the linebackers, uh, they can beat the coverage, and yeah. it's just a big problem. Um, Tua still sucks, like. It's just how good these wide receivers are and what a nightmare that they create for the opposing team on top of the motion and other things that McDaniel's offense is doing. So uh, it's going to be, I think that this, this Dolphins team is going to be an exciting offense. And I, you know, I wouldn't, if you're playing three or four lineups, I, I don't think you need to have, uh, you know, a piece of this game in every single one of them. It is a divisional game. You know, they both have good defenses. I can see this game, falling below expectations still scoring some points but not so many that you want to have like three or four pieces again you know pick and choose your spot and hope that it doesn't blow up uh that was kind of like a top one percent outcome mm -hmm. in that game with miami and baltimore uh and, and look i think that that happens more often in this one than it did in that one but I, it, this game fails more than enough given what i anticipate the ownership to be yeah, I'm seeing a lot of interesting moves out of their backfield. I mean, they're trying to get Mostert more involved because because uh, Edmonds just isn't a full down back. But they both kind of play a similar game. I mean, Mostert can do a little bit more run through the tackles. At least he could back in the day. They're both kind of just quick catch the ball running backs. And if you keep pulling two tight ends out, split them out. You're right, man. That's uh, that's difficult to cover. And it basically kind of leaves Waddle and Hill in one on one situations a lot. 
Yeah, and I mean, you saw a lot of those passes. They weren't good passes. They were just so wide open mm-hmm. because they're so fast and yeah. uh, the holes that they're getting into the coverage. So it'll be interesting to see you know, how this Buffalo defense, which has been able to get a ton of pressure, which I think is going to be problematic uh, for Miami. But like, do they do they get out to a big lead? And if they do, um, you're going to see kind of the same thing I think that you saw this past week where the defense starts to lighten up. And I don't know why defenses do this in the NFL. Like consistently it happens all the time. Like why not play the same way? Yeah, I get it. They've made adjustments on the other side, but why not continue doing what you're doing? Like it is so predictable like that even in games like the Lions game, um, the, you knew the commanders were going to make a comeback, right? Like you, you knew this wasn't going to be like a 30 to nothing or a 30 to seven. This was going to be way closer in the second half than it needed to be. I saw some people in certain discords were like, I told you this was going to happen as a commander's fan. Yeah, no shit. Everybody knew this was going to fucking happen. You weren't <laughs> some type of genie that was opening up your time traveling vault to say the commanders are coming back. Like literally everybody thought that. That's even the Lions thought it. Um, and that's going to be the same type of situation here that if Buffalo gets out to two or three scores, Miami at least has the firepower to get back into it. Tennessee did not and does not and did not. So I don't know. This this could be in a – man, like this could be one of those situations where you need to have all the pieces, but I'd rather just play a little piece or none and hope that this is like a divisional battle, and I don't think it will be. But. Sure. I mean, at the ownership levels, Mark – I mean, in uh, the pricing levels, for you could just skip it. You could just skip it and hope that it's a uh, you know twenty one twenty four pedestrian football game. And what I would say in like a large GPP, the play that yeah. you might want to do there is like a Mostert play. Just like you, you maybe like a Mostert run it back with Diggs or Dawson Knox. Um, but like I, I think the Mostert part of it, he's at forty five hundred. He's the clear red zone back. Um, you know, he's the guy that's going to get goal line carries if they ever get that close. They really don't very often because most of the touchdowns are 60 and 70 yards, right? But most are, can break a 70-yard run. Uh, so there's, a, you know, I'm not investing a lot in this. I'm not playing this in single entry or high dollar, but like a Millie Maker, you know, a $3 play action or whatever the hell that thing's called. Plugging in some Mostert there gives you a little money for your Mostert. Forty-five hundred. <laughs> Fair. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, let's go to Baltimore Ravens and the Patriots. So that was the other side of that big Miami Baltimore game, right? Um, they're going uh, and they're going to go to Patriots. They're they're going to go to Patriots. They're going to go to Foxborough and play the Patriots. They are not the defense of the pat of the Patriots of old. Um, so far this year, at least, um, you know they're uh, they're okay. They're probably a better at least fantasy defense than Baltimore has been. Um, Is Baltimore going to be too owned Mark for what they will be able to do against the Patriots? Will this be a slower paced game? The Patriots are not the dolphins. They are not capable of putting up 30 points in a quarter. Um, I mean, I kind of, it will be a little slower paced, but, um, I really, I really see Baltimore kind of taking control of this game. Um, Lamar is at the top of my list for quarterbacks this week, especially in cash. He's been my cash quarterback for the first two weeks and won me lots of money, so I'm going to just keep riding that sure. while I can. Yeah. And, um, you know, he gives you the dual threat. I don't see where the Patriots are going to be able to really stop him much. It's another 
another good slot spot for uh, Mark Andrews. And, um, and I kind of see this being a little lopsided. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, I think you can – the thing about Lamar is that he's been completely involved in almost every single touchdown. I mean, they're not running the ball in because they have, like, no depth at running back that's healthy, which is crazy considering that they had this problem last year and they really did very little to address it. Um, but I, I, I guess this one concerns me more than the Dolphins game last week. Like, I, I saw a path – I didn't think that it would happen quite the way that it did, but that was that was something that I saw in the range of outcomes. I don't think that New England can press this game to a level where Baltimore scoring 30 or 40 points. And that's almost what you need for Lamar, especially at his inflated price here and their quarterbacks in better positions. Is he going to break an 80 yard run? I don't think so. Um, I kind of just pick and choose again. This isn't this isn't necessarily one where I really want to stack because I just don't think that there's anything coming back. I will say that, you know, Jacoby Myers is a guy that we, we kind of highlighted a little bit uh, in the preseason shows talking about a guy that probably didn't get enough love. And I talked about it in one of the discords, the Dr. Roto discord, where like, I just think he's continually undervalued. And this guy got 13 targets last week, caught the ball nine times. Great for an ad in a deep PPR league or, or, the ability to move off, but also guy that you can put into a, you know, DFS lineup at 5,000. Um, if he does score that touchdown, that second touchdown in his career, I think he only has one. Um, you're probably <laughs> gold because he's going to have seven or eight catches. Yeah. He's going to have 70 yards and that's not going to get you there by itself, but that touchdown is just going to take him over the top and shit. If he can get a hundred yards, man, you are feeling really good. Like really, yeah. Good. The uh, the Ravens are having a hard time tackling this year. They're like the worst NFL team so far through two weeks in tackling. So there is a chance for a couple of big plays here. Um, I just I just think people are going to look at the amount of points Lamar put up last week. They're going to look at Bateman. They're going to look at this team, and they're going to play it. And I just don't think that this is a fifty point plus game. I think this is a 44, 45 point game. So well, what are I, we at? I, I could I could play Lamar. 43 and a half. There you go. I, I could play Lamar naked here. You know, I could play just Lamar and move on. But you could do that any week. It doesn't matter who he plays. But I'm not overly interested in this game unless, you know, like a, like a Myers or somebody as a, as a single cheap one-off. All right, let's keep moving, guys. Let's move on to um, – let's go to the Saints. Let's go to the Saints and the Panthers. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about Jameis Winston playing with four fractured vertebrae. What's up with that? And uh, I'm a guy who picked up Hill in a few fantasy leagues simply because, again, he's qualified at tight end. And if the worst should happen and he starts splitting snaps with, uh, was it Andy Dalton, the backup there? Um, Having somebody that can put up quarterback points in a tight end spot is there. Um, It's okay in a seasonal. Um, but, uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We really were trying to will DJ Moore into something good last week, and um, we were really hoping. Is, is this a flop lag week, Chris? I mean, DJ Moore didn't have a terrible week. He it just didn't fine. have a lot of volume. He scored you know, we talk about down. flop lag a lot, right, the poker term, where, where you get ace-queen and it completely is a terrible hand for you, and then the next hand it flops ace-queen-queen. Queen. Is, is this a Carolina flop lag week? 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, a divisional game. This this Carolina team has looked terrible on offense, and I just I don't know if I can see this changing this week. I mean, they might have their time, but like I, I'm going to have to see a significant shift before I go all in again. But look, there are pieces in this game that are all like mildly priced. You've got Michael Thomas at 5900, DJ Moore at 5600, and Chris Olave, who's probably going to have just absolutely insane ownership at 4500. Um, I mean, I guess I'm curious. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be on him. Like 334 air yards, just absolutely insane. 13 Crazy targets. Numbers. Like, Crazy but he's still 4,500 because the algorithm hasn't caught up because he didn't like he didn't actually catch those balls. Right. Um, so, but like, I mean, let, let's. Did let's you go back and that, look at that? Was that was that poor accuracy in the passing? Was that drop passes? Was that good coverage? Did you look at any of that? You know, targets and air yards. No, not at all. But let's 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 say this. Let's say, you know, an average catch rate is between 60 and 70% or like a good catch rate. So even at a 50 catch rate, let's put that into like seven, seven catches. If he gets seven catches, I, I mean, I would be hard pressed to believe that he's anywhere under 50 yards in receiving yards. That puts you right at 12 points. That gives you a really strong floor. Uh, I guess what you have to worry about is whether or not you see him end up with like three targets as he did the week before. Uh, but I think that that was a little bit of a, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like the Panthers defense has not looked very good. They didn't necessarily give up a lot of points to the Giants, but I think that was more a byproduct of the Giants offense not looking very good. They sure. converted on a lot of field goals. They moved the ball, just weren't able to, you know, convert for a touchdown. So yeah, I mean, again, this is a place where you can take a couple of those points. It's not one where I'm starting on either of these, but they are fill-in guys. Yeah, I'm just looking through this, um, you know, list of random stats for the year, and you know, the Panthers' run defense is good. Uh, the Saints are have completely so far the first two games uh, abandoned throwing to the running back. Um, so I don't know if, uh, is Kamara going to be healthy this week? Uh, are they going to throw the ball to a running back? I, I don't know. Uh, Michael Thomas looked pretty good last week. For a guy who I didn't know if wanted to play football two weeks ago, he looked pretty damn good last week. Eight targets week one, nine targets week two, 5,900. I mean, you know, when you're talking about like putting together lineups on DraftKings, like it is so important to get some of these high volume wide receivers that are going to get a, a lot of opportunities and turn them into catches because it's just a, a good base for your points. And while Michael Thomas hasn't recorded double digit uh, targets, he's close in both weeks. I mean, there were 21 guys last week that got double digit targets in the NFL. That's up from 15 in week one. Uh, I don't think we see that many, but I, th there are a couple that are consistent there. And Michael Thomas at eight or nine, fifty nine hundred, feels like this guy should be priced up at seven thousand, especially because he is the guy that they're looking to um, in the end zone, in the red zone. I think that there is some chemistry uh, between Jameis and him. They're a little weird. Both of the guys are just—they're just strange. Um, Jameis, all-time great interviewer, though. Like I love, I love, I love this guy in camera. It's just the absolute—he's a pleasure. He's like Zanzara in the LEC. Just you know, some crazy stuff is going to happen when he's uh, when he's on the uh, TV. Mark, I mean, uh, Thomas was considered maybe three years ago in the topic of uh, the best fantasy wide receiver in football. Fifty nine hundred. That's a good price, Mark. That's a good price. Yeah, and and I I agree with what Chris is saying. Is he's getting the targets? He's getting the volume. 
at 5,900, he's a, he's a great play to add to your lineup. Um, and, and, and even realistically, my Hill played play. at QB a few years back, he still threw the ball to Michael Thomas. So if you're worried about Hill having to come in, if you're worried about Dalton having to come in, Dalton knows how to throw to a number one. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think anything's wrong with Michael Thomas. He lo- he's looking like his old self. I think there's, it's this offense under this new coach and OC that, and it could be Jameis. I don't know, but something's off. I mean, right. it's like the flip side, Carolina. I mean, we, we could see our first coaching change here any week now because Carolina is just terrible and that offense is terrible. And I don't know what they're doing, but they have arguably one of the best, the best running back multi-tool person in McCaffrey. And they're not using them. <laughs> they're, they're doing all these little, I don't know. They're, it's just weird what they're doing. Yeah. I'm kind of on board and that, you know, I keep looking at this and I know Olave is going to be over-owned, but I don't mind doing a double stack with him and Thomas Jameis for this game. Sorry, it's not expensive. It's not expensive at all. It's super damn cheap, and you can play around with all kinds of other stuff there. You can run back Robbie Anderson for another cheap player. It's all right. I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. All right, let's keep going. We're going to keep moving here. Let's go uh, Kansas City, Indianapolis Colts. So we thought maybe, just maybe, Matt Ryan would have a little resurgence this year, but it totally looks like that dude is done. Yeah, I said that in the preseason. <laughs> I mean, who who does he have to throw to last week? Like, oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's true. But I uh, mean, they can't get the ball going with Taylor. They can't move. They can't win against Houston. That defense is not what it was. I don't know, man. I think that that's the biggest problem for this Indianapolis team is missing. Um, Leonard is just huge and the secondary is just not good. And this is going to be a week where uh, it's not going to get any better, right? No. Like this, this Kansas city team is one of the, I mean, they haven't missed a beat. They've obviously, you know, they're missing one of their best weapons from last year, but man, they're still just absolutely loaded. Um, okay. Travis Kelsey's podcast with his brother, I watch snippets of it on TikTok, and it's fantastic. Uh, he's he's got a weird personality, but man, he is. He talked about like how he got like the body slam by Derwin <laughs> James, and he's like, "Yeah, man." As soon as I went up, and he's like, "The low man wins," you know. And and he he got under, and as I was going up, I was just like, "Man, this isn't going to end well for me," you know. <laughs> and he's like, "Then boom," and he's like, "Derwin's a nice guy." He came back to me later, and he's like, "Hey, you good?" And I'm like, "Yeah," you know. And, I apologize to all his fantasy owners for not getting uh, in the end zone. So uh, super, super funny guy from that standpoint, that is not funny. taking it too serious. So uh, I, I have, you know, you know, I like to play around with lineups the minute DraftKings put everything out there just because I'm that guy. Um, I have really enjoyed putting Mahomes in just by himself and building around it because he's got so many people he's throwing the ball to. Um, I really like this matchup. I'm just kind of looking through here for the first two weeks here. We got a 73% completion rate by Mahomes, third best in the league, and uh, a 72% giving up completions by the uh, cornerbacks of the Colts, the third worst in the NFL. I don't want to pick and choose every week which one of these Kansas City wide receivers is going to catch the ball. So I think if you're not going to play Kelsey, you can just play Mahomes all day all by himself. 
I, I, it's not a bad strategy. Um, Kelsey is by far his preferred target, and and but you're paying for it. You're putting seven you, you are. plus in the t- tight end position, and that's tough. Yeah, well, I mean, the, this is the case though. I, I know you you guys don't always agree with me, but this is where you can play a double tight end because Kelsey is a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So you put him in your your flex as a wide receiver and play some cheap ass tight end to pay for it. Yeah, but what I would say is to your point that this is that's not a bad strategy. It's it's a really bad strategy actually uh, to play Mahomes by himself. I mean, not for cash. Like it's okay for cash, but if you're looking at win equity and absolute ceilings you kind of need the wide receiver that he's going to connect with the most. I get it. It's difficult to, to assess which one sure. it's going to be. And and that's what you're getting to. And that's true. Like it's going to be hard and that's, it's hard to win a GPB and getting that right is again, that time traveler shit, um, you, you know, picking one or two of those guys and just hoping it's the right one. This might be kind of one of those games where, you know, I like to do two or three lineups, but then I'll do like a $3 lineup. Okay. And so that $3 lineup uh, will have 20 versions of it and it'll go in, you know, the 20 max. Maybe you do this and you run Mahomes all 20 times and you run different variations of his wide receiving core. You put like a run back with Pittman or Taylor. Uh, you put a little Amon Rasse Brown, maybe a little of that uh, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas love that you wanted. Don't forget the DJ Moore on the flop leg. And of okay. course, Jalen Waddle being our favorite play. So you just, you mix and match and you, you play it 60 bucks. I think you can win a hundred thousand. You're probably not right. going to do that, but like, Hey, it's there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Mark and I play more cash based games anyways, but um yeah, I don't. Is there anybody on Indianapolis you like besides, you know, running off a of Pittman, assuming he plays? I mean, I don't know if I can pay for Taylor's price. It, it's been it's been brutal paying up for running backs. It's been brutal for all running backs. Let's, let's get that right. There's only been like four running backs each week that have scored over like 14 points. It, it's been brutal for running backs. Yeah, you- my, in my season longs, I'm, I have four teams. The one where I drafted running back first, I'm zero and two. Mm-hmm. The three where I went no RB, I'm two and zero. Oh. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a beautiful zero RB for seasonal so far. Yeah. But do you go ahead and think people are thinking that and load up on a guy like Taylor and a guy like Delvin Cook this week? Well, I am a little mad at Delvin Cook. I had a, a game <laughs> where I was completely tied. It was Delvin Cook versus Derrick Henry. And uh, you, you would have thought that after, like, if I gave you the first half of the Titans game and where it was at, you probably would have thought that I would have won. I didn't. I lost mm-hmm. my three points. Uh, I lost my other league by, like, two points and crushed my other ones. But um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think you can always play Taylor because he's one of those guys that has, uh, you know, a realistic probability or, or high probability in context to other people of getting two touchdowns. You know, sure. if they get inside the five, six yard line, he's probably going to get a crack, two cracks, three cracks. Um, you know, the, the other guy that I played a ton of last week and probably will continue to until I'm, I'm penalized for it is uh, Kylan Granson. I mean, 2,700. Sure. sure he yep. only saw two targets, but uh, I, I think you can kind of wipe out that entire game. Uh, he saw seven targets the week before. I, you, you know that these Indianapolis tight ends are utilized in the red zone and there's going to be a day where grant granson gets two touchdowns is it is it this sunday i don't know it'll probably be a sunday where i've like moved over to mo alley cox or whatever the case is but you know 2700 and 3000 either one of these guys um 
you know, you, you could consider because they are around the red zone. I, I don't know. That That's kind of how deep I want to go here. Not crazy about it. All right, Mark. I'm going to put you to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which KC wide receiver is going to get it done for me this week? Besides Kelsey? Yeah. He's a tight end. <laughs> he's a receiver. Uh, I'll go Juju. I like Juju. I mean, they're looking at him. I, I tend to just kind of stick to Hardman simply because he tends to be super cheap and he tends to be the only guy that has been with Mahomes. Yeah, and he's he's kind of the gadget guy. Uh-huh. He'll he'll do the end arounds, he'll he'll line up in the backfield, he does all the yeah. kind of crazy trick plays and I he, do he think might it'll score. be sky more eventually. Yeah, the problem with Hardman is he's as hurt. we said before, he's all touchdown dependent, yeah, right? Hurt all the time. Yeah. Well, he's hurt right now. He had limited practice, questionable with a heel injury. I think that this game, you go back to Juju. You hope that. I mean, look, his price is still reasonable. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things about that Chargers team is they are built to stop the pass, and they, they're basically uh, their entire philosophy is beat Kansas City, right? And like, so yeah. their defense is set up schematically to stop a team that has all these different weapons. That's not the case with Indianapolis. Indianapolis doesn't have to play those type of teams within the division. Um, I think Juju ends up with, you know, six or seven targets, maybe a little bit more than that, has an opportunity for a hundred yard game. And until his price kind of reflects what I think his actual role is, you know, I think he's definitely the guy you want to stack if you're not, uh, if you're not going with Kelsey. And even if you are. I'm just not running it back with a seven thousand dollar Michael Pittman. I know sixty nine, sixty nine hundred, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a game. Look, I want to come visit one of these days, Chris. I want to come hang out with you in the DC area. I want to see the sights. I, uh, I I want to wear a tank top. I want to come and hang out. And it's gonna be cold. It's gonna be cold. I mean, you know what? I right. might be able to do if you if you want. I can. I've got a couple invites to get a suite over in the uh, Baltimore games. I don't have a lot of Washington ones, so you got to, you just got to tell me. We'll go to Baltimore. okay. Well, Baltimore could be good, we'll get, but what I was we'll get a suite, you know. I would rather probably watch Baltimore. That's the truth. But what I was trying to get at here is we've got uh, Philadelphia coming to Washington. And oh, like if said. I'm going to come to Washington and hang out with you and go to a Washington game, I mean, you you probably want it to be a rivalry game, right? I mean, perhaps. I just didn't get a lot of sweet ticket offers. I mean, if you want to, like, I'll be in Michigan. Like, maybe, like, maybe we can sneak back. I'll be in Michigan. We'll hop on a flight. We'll come out here New Year's Eve or Christmas yeah. Eve, rather. I've got, I've got an. I don't know if they're full at this point. I, I can talk to sure. talk to my DraftKings rep, but we can, uh, we can, we can make a a sweet in Baltimore work. But let's talk about this game. Uh, yeah, let's talk two, about it. You know, this is the game that I think is. You know, we've talked about a couple divisional games that have the. Um, potential to absolutely smash right yeah. this feels like the game that people aren't talking about though you know detroit minnesota we know they both suck on defense buffalo miami we know that buffalo is really good you know philly's looked good washington hasn't but they've both been able to put up points and their defense eh, not looked that great like so man there are so many pieces in this game and they're much more affordably priced than the Buffalo Miami game. You know, you've got AJ Brown who can always be that guy, Terry McLaren, who nobody's going to own because he's been the least targeted of those Washington wide receivers. 
Uh, you've got Johan Dotson at 4,600. Dude just catches touchdowns. That's it. That's, I mean, it's concerning. But, and then you got Curtis Samuel. Fucking told you guys about Curtis Samuel. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm some of my best ball teams. You could got you could have gotten this guy so deep uh, because like people forgot, like they forgot he was good. And it's it's, it's okay. He played in Carolina. He was overshadowed there. He was hurt for a year. Uh, but once once is keen in on him. I don't know if they're like going to Bible study in the morning. If there's like a like power of friendship here that we don't know about. But like I I want pieces of this game. Uh, from both sides. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hertz has been fantasy gold. And and I, I actually think people are going to discount Washington here because uh, Philadelphia's dom- dominance over Minnesota, right? But we saw from Detroit, they could, Detroit could, could score on them. They ran the score up. Granted, it was in the second half. But they are exposable and I don't know. It's a divisional game. Divisional games always play better. So I I agree with Chris. I think this could be a complete smash game. It could go crazy over. I love Jalen Hurts. I think, you know, it's between him and Lamar in my cash lineups this week. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I think Hurts at a discount might be like a, a little bit of a better fit. You know, the, who, who Hurts people are kind of – comparing him to is kind of Josh Allen as you you look at the career trajectory like they both come in as like running quarterbacks that weren't very accurate they both absolutely sucked uh in that regard turnover prone but Hertz has been better throughout that trajectory and if he could develop into kind of like a Josh Allen I mean he could be really really good just I mean Josh Allen obviously is you get him at a huge discount um he has better weapons than Lamar to stack with not that you need that in cash but man yeah I I I like it now on the other side of things though this is I think the first time that Carson Wentz is going to be playing his old team in Philadelphia uh he gets to do it at home but we've had a lot of kind of revenge games that fell kind of flat um maybe this is the one that turns that tide I don't know could he throw for 300 again I look, man. Last year, people people shit on Wentz a lot, and I'm not a huge Wentz guy. I think Wentz makes a lot of mental errors, right, in, in key moments a lot of times. But the dude was the highest percentage of deep ball completion passes last year in in football. He he was the best completion rate at 20 yards and over. So is that Terry? Is that Terry? Is, is it just you put Wentz and Terry? You run it back. AJ Brown, Goddard's been real good. Well, the other thing is too. Or is we're talking Johnson? about I don't Curtis know. Samuel. Guy. Yeah, we're talking about Curtis Samuel. Is it, Slay Slay doesn't shadow right? He just takes a side, mm-hmm. so he'll they'll probably put him on McLaurin, who they don't really change a lot. But Curtis Samuel is the receiver that Washington moves around the um, formations a lot. He's the one going in motion. He's the mm-hmm. one coming in slot. So I can see him having a, a big game and Wentz hitting him a lot. Hey, really, other than – and I'm not a big fan of Slay at all. Other than him, though, I don't think Philadelphia's secondary is stellar by any means. Look, here, here's the deal, man. I mean, Slay is a flashy guy. He, he makes big plays. 
people throughout his whole career have not been afraid to throw at him. They throw at him constantly because he's the guy that tries to step in front. He tries to grab the ball and you can, he gives up huge plays for every one big interception and big play he makes. He gives up huge plays. In fact, just looking at his name right now on my little stat board here, he's been thrown at 20 times this year already. Yeah. And we, and we talked earlier about how, um, Minnesota, they were just off, right? Cousins yeah. was just was just off. You just had, uh, off. yeah, cutting the wrong way, running bad routes, and then Slade just takes advantage of it. Yeah, I uh, I think our man Logan Thomas is uh, is healthy and ready to play. Chris, we we have been Logan Thomas truthers here. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a different situation here, and there are a lot more weapons, and that was part of it is that Logan Thomas uh, was the only weapon, and I, I don't know, I'm just not as high on him. But 3,500, yeah, you could take a chance. I mean, it's a good price. look. The the crazy thing about these two teams, um, I, I mean, this is inflated by who they've played, and they have a shared opponent in, in Detroit. But Washington has the third most um, plays on average run over the first two weeks. Yeah. Philadelphia is number five. Uh, what's crazy is they both played Detroit. And you feel like that is kind of uh, making it <laughs> making it jump up. But Detroit's right? number fifteen, yeah. so um, a little strange there. And like obviously, like the Cincinnati uh, game week one really kind of blows up their total, and, and the Jets for some reason are up there. But look, that's just a good indication. So when I'm looking at these two teams um, and just targeted wide receivers, like man, I, I think that. I think you got to get some parts of this. So I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I like Antonio Gibson a lot. The the Eagles can't stop the run. Um, He's still in control of that backfield. He's catching passes. He's running the ball. Um, He's their guy right now. Uh, His price is still good. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm not paying up for the top running backs until, until I get super burned by it. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Tony, I, I guess with his price, he's okay, but, I was really disappointed with his performance in Detroit. Detroit can't stop stop the run at all, and they're just not using Antonio Gibson. He, uh, I mean, Mark, they didn't. They didn't. I don't think that that Washington played a snap inside Detroit territory the first half of the game. So I mean, it's, it was, was the ultimate negative script for Gibson. I, I guess, but I. Still, when he got the ball, I didn't think it looked all that great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually reading that right now. The Commanders ran zero plays in their opponent's territory in the first half. Yeah, zero, zero plays. So I got to believe that that's a, a unique situation. So I'm still in on Gibson at his price. But anyways, let's move on. Chris, pick a game. I'm tired of picking games. Where do you want to go? Um, let's go to, we got, we got uh, the uh, Las more, Vegas, more one o'clock games. Yeah. Las Vegas, Tennessee. So, uh, you know, you have two teams that have, you know, one had a lot of high hopes and the other one maybe had some hopes based off of a great last season, but we've seen Derrick Henry just absolutely just bust. Um, and I have him on one of my teams and I've never drafted Derrick Henry, but I drafted him this year. And so, um, I'm waiting for that late season resurgence. I, I think I had him a couple years ago when he like blew up for the first time, but ever since he's been in that first round ADP, I've stayed away. Um, you know, I, I guess I don't have a ton of interest in 
the guys in this game, um, with the exception, I think Traylon Burks at 4,900 has seen quite a bit of work. Um, and I just think that they're going to be in a better position against Las Vegas than they were against Buffalo. You can almost throw that game away. It was in Buffalo. It's a tough situation. They play better in Tennessee. I don't know why the hell Buffalo couldn't have done that last year when it would have won me like twenty five thousand uh, dollars. And like that would have been like the ideal game for it too. Like the sweats over in the third quarter, feeling good, feeling great, instead of like what it was and how it happened. And that that hurts me a little bit. Um, I guess the, the bounce back spot is like, does, I mean, is it a Mac Hollins week or is it Devonte Adams? Who's the true number one in Las Vegas? <laughs> I tried to get Adams off somebody in every league this week, just for fun, just to see what I could pull. Ooh. I I almost got it. A guy that has like no running backs and I sent him Singletary and Debo Samuel for uh, Adams and he almost pulled the trigger. I mean, I would have, that's a, if he has no running backs, that's great, man. Yeah. Almost pulled the trigger. Here's my thought, man. I watched some of this game, and uh, Tannehill looks literally terrified to throw the ball. I don't know what his problem is. He's literally throwing all, like, outs and corners routes, and he's throwing everything against the sideline. It's like he's completely lost confidence in throwing the ball since A.J. Brown is gone. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, he's got nobody to throw to, right? I mean, he's got the great Robert Woods. I love Trey Burke. Yeah, I think I think Traylon Burke's going to be good. He's no AJ Brown, but mm-hmm. uh, this 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 team's going to struggle. Like, I mean, at forty nine hundred, that's okay. But uh, Mark, what do you think about uh, Josh Jacobs here at fifty four hundred? This guy's been involved in a majority of the team snaps. He got nineteen carries, just wasn't mm-hmm. able to get it done. But this Tennessee team, uh, yeah, they just aren't who they were. And uh, Josh Jacobs, fifty four hundred, super cheap. Uh, I think it. I don't know. Probably, probably not for me. Is it's an okay play if you need some savings in the dollar amounts? But um, I think to exploit Tennessee is the pass on them. Uh, granted, uh, Derek Carr's little flutter balls are going all over the place, but. Yeah, I don't. I, I like Josh Jacobs, man. I'm with you on this. I again, man. I love this five thousand dollar range for the running backs. I have not seen any reason to pay up for running back yet jacobs was another guy right there in the zone that i like tennessee is a team that can't tackle um they're having a really hard time stopping people on first contact i think you might be onto something here yeah i just know that there's going to be a week or two where derrick henry just absolutely erupts and like it's going to suck if you don't have him. and i don't think anybody's going to have him this week so like if yeah. he goes for like 40 points and you have him in your lineup, you're just, you're sitting pretty, but you're paying for him. Uh, the flip side to that is if he does what more often he's probably going to do, which is not get 24 points. Uh, he, you've put a lot of, a lot of eggs in a basket that uh, doesn't have a bottom and is now on the floor. Got eggs everywhere. <laughs> Costco size eggs. Good thing. I love omelets. Just saying. You'd like omelets on the floor? Sure. Why not? All right. Uh, well, let's go to this game. Uh, let's get into that four o'clock window. We wait, wait, wait. To... We haven't talked about the Bengals and the Jets. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's nothing to talk about. Just pass it on. That's not true. Um, yeah. I mean, Joe Mixon, play him. Michael Carter, sure. T. Higgins, why not? 6,100. Garrett Wilson, 5,400. Probably going to be super popular. Um, That's why I moved to Corey Davis. He's my salary guy this week. Okay. I like Corey Davis. 
All right. This is my guy. So let's talk about this Jacksonville, uh, Los Angeles <laughs> game. Thank you for appeasing me. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you. Jacksonville, Los Angeles. Uh, Herbert is, you know, questionable with the rib injury. Keenan Allen is questionable. They both, I think, limited practice. Uh, Mike Williams absolutely crushed and has finally surplanted Keenan Allen in pricing, 67 to 65. And then Christian Kirk, a guy that you could just get way too late in your fantasy drafts and best ball drafts, and hopefully you own a lot of them. Uh, I do. <laughs> just absolutely crushing it. I don't think we see another two-touchdown performance from him this week, but maybe we do. Like this Los Angeles team is going to put up some points. I, I think this all hinges, and you guys can both correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think that I am. This all hinges on Justin Herbert's health. If he's not healthy, I don't think that there's almost any piece that I want in this game. They're not using Eckler the way that you need to be used if you're 8,000. Uh, they continue to run in Joshua Kelly and Sony Michelle, and sometimes even in the like in the red zone, you're like, no, you motherfuckers, don't do this. And then like on the other side of things, like you've got James Robinson, electric coming back from an Achilles like six months Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. And then you've got a guy that did touch 25 times last week, man. Bro, like that, like so many people told me this Travis Etienne guy would be good. Like so many people, like so, I, I heard it everywhere. <laughs> and and I was he like, is, ah, I don't know. Maybe like, he's fine. I, I don't, don't know, know I, dude. Like, man, he, man, Eckler got ten targets last week. Yeah, they were playing Kansas City from behind. Like, right? uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just really want to talk about how I don't think Travis Etienne is that good. And I think everybody that's tried to hype him up, like he's going to be this, I don't even know what they were thinking that this guy was going to be. I mean, yeah. certainly nobody thought James Robinson would play this type of role. Uh, but I don't, you know, from what I've seen from ETN. Eh. Right, right, right. How about um, going back to the uh, the Trevor Lawrence play here, Mark? Can you get back on Trevor Lawrence? Can you play a little Christian Kirk? Can you play a little Evan Engram, who's, been actually just like middle of the road okay yeah, i'm i'm kind of feeling like chris i'm i think we're gonna be avoiding this game depending on herbert's health um i would think angram i like angram uh the chargers aren't that great against tight ends but and christian kirk's going to get targets for sure but i don't know if he'll be able to score in these corners i mean the thing is like and this is crazy when you think about it. Like Trevor Lawrence went 25 for 30. This guy has not been an accurate quarterback, not a high completion type of guy. I mean, a week before that was 57%. So he went 25 or 30 against the Colts. What the hell is Patrick Mahomes going to do to those guys? You know, jumping back to a game. <laughs> but um, I, I think that, like, there, there is some allure to, to Evan Ingram, though, right? Like eight yeah. targets last week, 3,700. Um, you know, you're looking for kind of some of those volume guys if he gets into the end zone. But the other big waiver ad and a guy that, you know, Danger got on to that just has always been that dude is Gerald Everett. Um, I just don't know if he sees the same type of volume if Keenan Allen's back. So there's a lot of health-related concerns on this game that we probably should just move on to another one, uh, seeing that it's Wednesday. Yeah. Mark, where you want to go in the afternoon, buddy? We got we got Falcons, Seahawks, we got Cardinals, we got Pack. Where you want to go, bud? Oh, man, I don't care. The, this is like the first week that the afternoon games look a lot suckier than the one o'clock games. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, let's talk about uh let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Let's just go there. How's that? You're gonna be indecisive. I'll just do it for you. 
Um, this is a shockingly low tie, uh, total for um, these two squads historically, not necessarily this year. But when you think of an Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady-led offense, we have a 42 here with a two-point favorite in the Bucks at home. Is this game just going to suck? It's going to be a sucky game. It's going to be so boring. <laughs> I have no interest in this game at all. I mean, I think, you know, and that would be my initial thought too, Mark, but like they've got to throw the ball to somebody, right? Like on the, on the Green Bay side of things, you could see A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones um, get more targets than you probably would expect them to. Alan Lazard at 6,000 is just not something I'm willing to pay. Too high. And Aaron Jones at 7,400 is a steep, steep price. Even AJ Dillon at six thousand is a steep price because like even I'm off even I am off Jones this week at that price, buddy. But I will tell you that there are two guys in this game on the other side of things. I think that the the offense is a little more spread out and it's a little bit cheaper. So like there's always like the Brashad Perryman effect. Like this dude just catches long touchdowns. He loves playing uh, as a Buccaneer. But the other guy that I, I don't think that you can forget. And I, I do believe he'll probably have some ownership. And this might be one of those, for, like, uh, like kind of like week one, but we saw Scotty Miller get eight targets last week. Sure. Uh, Scotty Miller is going to get six to eight targets. There's some familiarity there. Um, I'm just really impressed that we're an hour into the show. I can actually pronounce familiarity because I haven't been drinking. <laughs> uh, it's a tough, it's a tough word to say. It is it's um, difficult. Yeah, with, you know, without messing it up, it, it just feels weird in your mouth. Um, all right, that's a good clip right there. All right, and yeah, then, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna save that for later. I'm gonna clip that. <laughs> you should, you <laughs> should. Good. It could go with almost anything. Uh, but Scotty Miller, I, I love that play. 3800. I'm gonna have a little bit of a, a Scotty Miller. No Cole Beasley for you. Nah, no. Nah, we only play vaccinated players here. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm all still in the league. Uh, yeah, he just no, signed Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, too funny, man. Yeah, I, uh, you know, they're running. I need to be uh, 5K. I need to be in that 5K range for running back. So I'm out on Jones, out on Dylan, out on Fournette, um, out on this game. Uh, I don't want to play it. I don't want to play it. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not have a single player in it. So you know what to do, Chris. Stack it. Stack it. I, I don't want to stack it, but like I, like I said, I'll take some Scotty Miller. Uh, I'm good there. All right, let's go to a similar uh, 42 as well. One point favorite are the Seattle Seahawks at home. Uh, the Falcons are a mess. The Seahawks are a mess. This is another game that's a mess. Lockett so showed a little bit, a little bit of life last week. We're still waiting for Pitts to be an NFL tight end. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I got nothing really. Nothing. I could play Cordero when he's in the right price zone. He's not. Um, I guess you could throw Lockett up there thinking maybe he's made some kind of rapport. Yeah, I mean, look, the the thing that I kind of like in this game, though, is Drake London. Um, sure. And, and Kyle Pitts is the other part. Like, he's cheap enough. There's been this, like, squeaky wheel. They've talked about it a lot. And, like, you know, Arthur Smith is like, oh, we, we're not playing fantasy football. We're playing to win the game. And, like, I'm sure you've seen everybody. Yeah, motherfucker, you haven't won, though. That's the yeah. thing. Like, that's not working. And maybe Kyle Pitts sucks. And, and, and you know, that's that can be true. Both of these things can be true. But I think this is truly you can take one or two pieces from each of these teams and put them into your pool, whether it's Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. You wouldn't want both of them on the team. 
Um, Drake London, uh, again, just actually, I think had 10 targets last week. The question being that, like, in that situation versus week one, this, this Falcons team played two completely opposite games, one where they were in the lead and lost the lead, and one where they almost came back against a team that we think is pretty decent. Um, this is going to be a game where I think, I mean, I think this game stays a lot closer regardless of whether they're in the lead or behind. Mm -hmm. I I just don't necessarily know that they throw the ball the way that they did last week. And I think Marcus Mariota is somebody that you could really consider. They're just better options at that price. Yeah. Uh, The dude does have a ceiling um, and we haven't seen it yet. Obviously a pretty good floor. I actually like a little bit of a shot penny in this game. Um. I might throw one runner on Tyler Algier in this game. And that's it. I got nothing else. I don't want anything else. Uh, (laughs) You can play either defense if you wanted, um, to be honest. I think either defense is a perfectly fine DFS play. I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if you had Tyler Algier in one of your lineups. I feel like he's one of those guys that you like branded as your guy and uh, you, you're just going to be absolutely insufferable if he has a huge, huge week. And that huge is season. true. That is, if we don't even have to cut that clip because it's just, <laughs> it's just true. It's just a hundred percent true. Algiers, my boy. All right. Um, that's really it. And set for the final game, uh, the LA Rams heading to the Arizona Cardinals. Are we going to see more back? I haven't really looked. It's only Wednesday. Um, but, uh, I think getting Rondell more back really helps that team. He didn't practice. Yeah, they they just I, look. Kyler is not the man. Okay, he's a he's a good quarterback and he's a good fantasy quarterback, um, but he needs help. And right now they don't have any help for them. They desperately need Hopkins back. They desperately need Rondell Moore back. Um, I I don't know how much interest I have on that side. I think you just keep playing Cooper Cup again, just like last year. Nine thousand, ten thousand, eleven thousand. You just put him in. I mean, he's just going to score 38 points a game. Yeah, I'm just, I, I, I am interested um, in one component of this game, and I want to see how many people go back to Greg Dortch. Uh, obviously, this is a, a, I don't even know who the fuck this guy is, man. I've never heard of this guy in my life. Um, What's he up like to the, in price? Is he like the Eagles or something before? I don't Greg know. Dorch. I think he came from the Eagles. Did he come for the Eagles? He's from Richmond, Virginia, I guess. Um, Signed with the Jets as a free agent. Jets. Okay. Yeah. Played for Carolina. I knew it was somebody in green. Yeah, man. Bucks, I mean, Falcons. He's playing in a spot where um, uh, he's being useful. I don't know where the price is. He's uh, at uh, 4,300 now. And look, I mean, fine. he just like barely got there last week. Like, there was a point. This is where I just signed yeah, off. I got for the that day. touchdown. Yeah, I was in the Discord. I was like, I don't know why people play Dorch. He's a stupid play. And then he scores a touchdown, and I got tagged a bunch of times. And I was like, yeah, yep. I'm just I'm fucking done. Yeah, but like um, touchdowns are, are you know, that it's great when they happen, right? I mean, it's super great when they happen, but you're not wrong. Like, his usage isn't awesome. I mean, if, if he didn't get the touchdown, that was like a 20 – like, it, he wasn't there. Even in, like, an overtime game, uh, guy got four targets out of 62 snaps. Um you know, Marquise Brown, Zachers, there are other parts of this offense that just, I, I think, have more realistic ceilings. We saw Marquise Brown with uh, 11 targets. Uh, again, like, look, he was on the field, A1 snaps. Dorch was only like 58. So uh, 62, I'm sorry. So obviously not the 
part of the offense that you would have been led to believe by the nine targets the week before. I guess the question that you have is like, you know, you're really into this like deep, cheap running back pool. Let's say James Conner misses. You've got two there, Daryl Williams at 5,100 and Eno Benjamin at 47. Are you going to dip your toes into either one of those? I could. I, I know could. you could. I just want to know they, if you are. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like Eno Benjamin. I I like that price point a lot. I'm not I'm not paying up for a running back until I'm forced to. I, I'm zero RB, DFS, seasonal. I'm playing cheap. I'm playing loose and cheap. So yes, I'll probably anybody that has a role under five thousand dollars is getting in the lineup for me this week. Well, what about Tyler Higby? Forty five hundred. Yeah, it's fine. Most most targeted tight end in the league. Yep. Eleven and nine. I mean, basically, they're triple covering Cooper and and just letting everybody else run, and um, it's helping him. I am a cheap tight end player, though. I play cheap. So, I don't know. I like him a lot. I just usually go cheap. You know, one final thing about the slate that I think is uh, different than what we see from a week-to-week basis is there's not, like, a chalk defense, right? Um, There's not, like, an incredibly cheap defense that you can go to uh there are a lot of defenses under 3k though like green bay's at 2800 you could go seattle 27 um you can even go houston 26 or carolina 26 but beyond that everything 25 and under is not in favorable matchups well i'll throw this i'll throw this out there based on herbert's availability i love jacksonville at 2300 well, the so, problem, but the problem with that, Mark, is that if if that is the case, there'll be possibly the chalk defense, and you just you can't play the chalk defense. You just can't. You just yeah, you can. Yeah, no, you, can. you can't. Yes, no, you, you can't. Can. No, defense, you, defense doesn't freaking matter. But the, there's no correlation between the chalk defense and ownership, or ownership and a defense's actual results, and we saw it with Cincinnati last week. So what yeah. I'm saying is that like it, it, it's just a huge gap there. You just can't play the chalk defense. You just can't. It's not. A, I don't. Like you can, I don't think there's a bad any idea. Cor- there's no correlation to any defense with winning either. It's just no. they are just the third highest play, scoring play fantasy a defense, shit defense and load up on other positions. Yeah. Or you play a good defense. I mean, look, man. They, they, they. I mean, granted, one was against the Colts in a terrible game, but. They've scored points at least. You know, the Bengals haven't scored points. I don't know. I'm pretty much set on playing Tampa Bay, Green Bay, um, Falcons, or um, Seahawks. That's just kind of where I'm at so far. I think the weird spot that you could play, though, the one that kind of makes a little bit of sense is like a Philadelphia. Uh, 2,900 against Washington. If they get out to a lead, Washington's throwing the ball a lot. You see a lot of situations similar to what you saw on Monday night. Um, if they're throwing the ball a lot, that means that there's more opportunities for strip sacks, fumbles, interceptions, runbacks. Um, that That's a spot that I, I think I kind of like. Kind of like it. Or maybe you play, pay out for Cincinnati. They suck at defense, but the Jets are really bad, and that's like a you know a failure week, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, 
I got nothing else, man. You, it, <laughs> Mark, what do you want to rant about? I feel like I feel like we should start a Mark. This is what really grinds my gears segment to end the show tonight. Uh, I don't really have anything to grind my gears on right now. Oh man, you clearly haven't watched the new Star Wars show, then. <laughs> That's gonna be awesome. What are you talking about? No, I'm super excited about uh, it. You, you usually you usually poo poo at all. So I do not. No, it's true. It's true. I do not. One of these days during the off season of football, we're gonna start this Mark hates everything podcast. I don't hate everything. It's. I, I love. I, have I love. Photogra- I have photographic evidence to the contrary. So well, why don't you like Mark hates prob- stuff that prob- other people love? There you go. The the problem is is that I only post on social media when I'm mad. <laughs> I need to start posting when I'm happy. Fair enough. All right, guys. Um, I, I love you guys. I missed you the first two weeks, and uh, I'm sorry it was kind of a low energy evening. I feel like next time, instead of an Oktoberfest, I'm going to crank like a 32-ounce monster instead. It's fine. Just We're good. It out there. Just throwing it out there. Um, Chris, you've been really silent. I keep trying to goad you into this zero RB discussion. What's your deal? What, well, why would you goad me into it? Because like running backs have sucked so far first two weeks. Is that going to continue? I mean, probably not, but like I went like zero RB a lot. Like, yeah, I just thought you'd argue with me. I like to think about things I'm going to say during the show just to see when you're going to argue with me. And I'm usually right. And I just feel I feel like you didn't give it to me this time. Well, I'm sorry. Like I have teams like, you know, I I just stacked up like uh, I went zero RB in a standard scoring league. I got Justin Jefferson, uh, Devontae Adams, Mike Williams, Mike Evans. Ended up with Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, Singletary. I got Jalen Waddle too. Uh, that's the the infamous Brian Robinson team. So yeah, um, you know, I, I'm just hoping for for a little bit of love from some of these guys here. Got a lot of Las Vegas guys on my team, and uh, maybe I, maybe I need to trade away a Devonte Adams. Maybe I need to do that. But we're one and one. We're third out of five. So you know. I think I'm in the can't trade division is what it is, as a matter of fact. Um, I'm I'm one of those guys that you're not allowed to trade with because they pay attention, I guess. Right. I hate when that happens. All right, guys. Well, uh, best of luck this week in DFS and your seasonals. Um, You can check out uh, Chris and Mark and I over at drrota.com. You can check us out on our own uh, draft rep side, Patreon and Discord. You can check us out uh, helping out over at uh, Fantasy Football Blueprint. You can check us out over at the Sports Empire Network. You can check us out on iLogic Network. Gosh, we're everywhere, Mark. We're everywhere. We are. We're everywhere you want to be. How many days till hockey, Mark? Uh, training camps are this weekend and then um, three weeks of preseason. I like it. The way that Chris Emick blew up with um, League of Legends last year is the way that Mark Larson is going to blow up with hockey DFS this year. I'm predicting it now. And I had a good year last year, so I hope I improve on it. I dig it. All right, guys. uh, Johnny Danger with Bree Mark and uh, the hierarchy himself. We will catch you next time. (laughs) 